0: Hello, welcome to Ask Floss. I'm so glad that you're all here. I love being able to take this time to chat with you guys and answer all of your dilemmas. We've got loads of great ones to get through, so let's get into it. Do you have any pets? Would you ever want one? What would you get? I really want a kitten. I really want a kitten, and I'm probably going to get a kitten maybe this year. I grew up with a cat. I'm obsessed with her. She's called Madge after Madonna. That's what my mum called her and yeah I would definitely love a cat maybe a dog in the future but I feel like dog is more settled down vibes you know I feel like when you have a dog personally I would love to give it all of my time and attention and my job at the moment requires me to travel do this do that so maybe a dog in my late future okay next question how to stop being afraid of upsetting men Yeah, this is really scary, but what I will reference is a book I've recently read called The Gift of Fear by Gavin DeBecker, which is absolutely incredible. I want every single woman in my life to read it. Um, And he speaks about how women should seek safety, not justice. Safety comes first, justice comes later. And I'll explain what that means. Let's say you're being stalked or harassed by a man. What the police will often try to get you to do is to seek justice. And that is restraining order. That is taking him to court. That is putting in these measures. But what seeking justice usually does is humiliates the man and actually puts you in more danger. And I think women are 90% more likely to be murdered by a man when they have a restraining order on him. And that's because of the rejection. So so the process that that follows is seeking justice. It's getting him to justice and getting him to pay for what he's doing to you. But seeking safety, in some cases with harassment, looks like ignoring the person and not responding them until they eventually get bored and move on and go somewhere else. And that's the reality of safety. There have been so many horrific cases where women have put restraining orders on men because they could not handle the humiliation of other people knowing what he was doing. They've amped up the harassment. They've sent death threats. They've killed the woman. in in many cases, women have been murdered on their court dates because of the humiliation that the man experienced with other people knowing that she rejected him. There are so many cases where that happens. So when it comes to safety, and you've asked me how to stop being afraid of upsetting men, women have developed these strategies of letting men down in a way that is palatable and in a way that protects our safety. But also what happens with that is you go, oh, I'm sorry, I have a boyfriend or sorry, I'm not looking for a relationship right now. And all they hear is the words, not right now. You've said I don't want a relationship, not right now, because you don't want him to know that you just don't want to be with him. And then they cling to those words. And then that's when it can get a bit worse. So there is so that basically, my point is, there's no right way that you can do it. The only way is to protect yourself and your safety. So I would say also politeness does get women killed, politeness gets women in situations that we don't want to be in because men can rely on women's politeness and niceness strategies to agree to things that we don't want to do because we're afraid of them killing us. So sometimes being rude, I, I read this thing somewhere that um there was a guy who would bump into women and the ones that said sorry, he would choose as his victim because he knew that they probably were someone face to face. Because I just think it's so not apologizing for things that you didn't do, first of all, getting rid of these niceness strategies that women constantly use and constantly apologize for. And being rude, saying no and sticking to the word no. And if a man doesn't hear the word no, get to safety immediately and continue to say the word no. Because the moment you change no to, oh, okay, he knows that he can convince you and he knows that your no doesn't mean shit and he knows that he has the control. And that is pro- possibly one of the most frightening things that a stranger or a man can have is the ability to wear down your no. So yeah, I definitely recommend reading The Gift of Fear. It will change your life it's an incredible book. Okay, next question. I've never had a boyfriend before and a guy wants me to come over to his? Question mark. (laughs) I don't really know what you want me to, what advice you're asking for here. So you've never had a boyfriend before, but a guy wants you to come over to his. Do you want casual sex? Is casual sex something you want? Because if someone's asking you to come over, that's kind of what it sounds like. I definitely recommend laying down some boundaries beforehand if you don't want to have sex with this person. Um, I'm not really sure how to answer this question. It just sounds like you're afraid of intimacy with men because you've never been that close to men before. You've said, I've never had a boyfriend before and a guy wants me to come over to his. I'm not sure what to advise because I'm not sure what the question is. But general tip, don't rush into anything. Tell some friends where you're going to be and don't let the crumbs that this man could potentially offer you sway you into thinking that this is the the best thing that's ever happened to you because it's your first relationship potentially or your first situation of being intimate with a man because often with our first times of anything, first time at work, first time with your best female friends, whatever it is, your first experience, you can often set let that set as your standard because you don't know any different. So I would just remind you that the absolute bare minimum is things like having a condom before you have sex or the bare minimum is him respecting the word no all of these bare minimum things that there are just so many bare minimum things that if you you've never had a relationship before you can see it as like the holy grail and oh my god he's so amazing and you can be blinded to a lot of the other red flags that can come up in a relationship so i would say take the blinkers off and be careful with any red flags that might come up but also just know that you can trust yourself okay next question how do you give yourself to a relationship without losing your independence maintain your hobbies maintain the things that bring you joy find ways to create some distance some boundaries and also when you have some kind of distance in a relationship it also leaves room for desire to thrive and to flourish and I feel like when two people can be independent and come together the relationship anyway will be a lot more fulfilling because there's room Esther Perel talks about it about how there's room for desire to flourish when you're not in caretaking mode and I think if you live with someone or uh, you're making like decisions with your partner that involve life things and not sexy fun romantic things there are times when that desire can go away because you're in caretaking mode or you're having to do things for them blah 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 blah. and Esther Perel has amazing podcast episodes on this you should definitely check her out any of her podcast episodes where she talks about desire in long-term relationships and how not to lose your independence as well She's incredible but yeah, my advice would be maintain your hobbies and um, do a few things a week that aren't about anyone else but are just about you and being with yourself. Okay, next question. I'm ready to explore my buy-ness. How or where do I even start? My first thing is always to say dating apps, just so you can see, just so you can see what the field is like, just so you can see what you're attracted to also, because I feel like in person, if you've never been to a gay bar, you don't know what kind of queer people you're attracted to. So dating apps, maybe hopping on a dating app to just kind of see what's out there see what kind of people you'd be attracted to. You don't have to act on all of your attraction, but I think just kind of figuring out what you like and who you're attracted to. Also, a queer bestie is also the best way to do it. I wrote um, a character into my novel Girl Crush called Rose. They are Arthur's best friend and they basically act as Eartha's queer guide through the queer scene in the fictional town I made up called Olympia, and they help Arthur navigate all of the queer stuff. And I just... I definitely would have loved to have had someone like that in my life. Someone who kind of took the reins and showed me the ropes and also let me be free and independent to explore myself. I just think it's it, it's amazing if you can have someone like that in your life. And also watching YouTube videos. Oh my god, watch loads of YouTube videos. YouTube lesbians and all of the dating tips and all of this stuff. It can kind of feel like you have some kind of sense of community with other people. And I think it's coming out also can be lonely if you don't have anyone else around you to do it with. And I think that's what the online world can provide for you. Okay, next question. Can you be in love with more than one person? Probably probably polyamorous people do it all the time. I know loads of polyamorous people who are in love with more than one person. I also think love takes many different forms. So you can be romantically in love with someone. You can be platonically soulmates with someone. I think there are lots of different forms of love. And I think that as long as you're not hurting anyone and it's all consensual and maybe you are open, maybe you are polyamorous, then that's how you feel. I don't think I've ever been in love with more than one person. I don't think so. But yeah, if that's where you're feeling, honour that feeling. And if it turns out later that you weren't, then that's okay. Don't put any pressure on yourself to know immediately how you're feeling. Just feel it and let it be whatever the fuck it is. Sometimes we put way too much pressure on ourselves to know exactly how we're feeling all the time. And I definitely think it's a form of control and one that I also am guilty of endorsing. Okay, on to the next question. Any recommendations for empowering women and queer tattoo artists near London... Emily Malice is amazing. Sweet as a nut on Instagram is amazing. Come to sister tattoos. I recently just got one done by her. She's amazing. Check them all out on Instagram. Okay, next question. Tips on one night stands. Okay, safety. I would just say safety. You're going back with a literal stranger, so definitely text a friend. Maybe even send your location for 24 hours to someone on WhatsApp, whatever, you're going back with a literal stranger. So my number one thing would just be safety. Don't let someone cross any of your boundaries once you've stated them. And if they do cross them, please know that you can sell them to stop. Please know that you can say, oh, not into that. Not really into that. Don't like that. Can we do more of this? There's positive reinforcement where if someone's doing something a bit kinky because they assumed you'd like it and you tell them to stop, you can go, oh, no, 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 I don't like this. But you can do this. And I think that's a really good way to switch it up. Yeah, and at any time, know that you can leave. Do not feel like you have to stay. If they want you to stay, um, definitely also ask them if you're allowed to stay. Don't assume that you're staying. (laughs) Yeah, and have safe sex, babes. Have safe sex. um, And don't do anything you don't want to do because you will feel like shit the next day and also make sure that you're fucking because you want to fuck. Don't fuck because you want intimacy because intimacy cannot also always be guaranteed with a one night stand if you don't know the person. I personally need some kind of connection with someone if I'm going to fuck them. It's definitely not always been the case. I've had stuff like this happen before where I thought it's what I wanted, but it wasn't and I was left feeling empty and I was like, "Why am I feeling empty? This is what I wanted." But what really what I wanted was intimacy. And intimacy is something that is usually gained for me personally okay next question what do you think about affairs what do you think about being the other woman um life is a life is a fucking gray area people do all kinds of silly shit they fuck up entire relationships sometimes people are being abused and then they reactively do something and fuck up this this is just this is just such a broad question um I don't think I've ever been cheated on before (laughs) again I don't think and I've never cheated on anyone before I don't really know what to say about affairs. I think if you're know if you cheating on someone that loves you, that's absolutely shit and horrible and an awful thing to do. It's not a nice thing to do if you're in a monogamous relationship and it would break people's hearts. It would break my heart. I cannot imagine. I would rather, though, have my heart broken than break someone's heart. I just can't imagine. I could not live with that guilt of doing that to someone. It's just... It just sounds horrible. Yeah, I don't really have an opinion on it because I've not been in that situation. And I don't know what situation you're talking about. So there you go. Okay, on to the next question. How to actually love food and shed the pressure to restrict to be Thin. Isn't there a thing called like intuitive eating? I don't know if it's bullshit. I don't know if it's good, but I like the sound of it. I like the sound of eating based on how you feel, like not endorsing every emotion because then that can lead to binge eating and eating disorders and and purging and all this kind of stuff. But I like the idea of eating when you need to eat and enjoying food and savoring every fucking last bite and making food that makes you feel happy and good afterwards. So that's something I learned from one of my guests on the podcast, Madam Storm. She spoke about how uh, self care is making decisions that make us feel good after so we can think oh doing this thing uh feels shit in the moment like going for a run but how do you feel after you feel incredible you feel amazing and the the lasting effects of that are longer than the instant satisfaction of staying in and doing whatever if it's something you want to do go for a run because you feel good after so I think just kind of applying that and not not getting too into the like willpower stuff because that's when you can cut you can start to base food on morals and think that you're a bad person because you had a whole pizza or you did x y and z yeah I'm not I'm not like a eating disorder expert or anything but that was just my initial thoughts on it and try not to assign morals to food. Jimmy Jamil has a really good podcast called called I Weigh, and she talks a lot about eating disorders and other stuff on there with some of her guests. I highly recommend listening to it. Okay, next question. Favourite song to dance to with friends? Maybe Peace Frog by The Doors. But, like, I feel like to enjoy a song with a friend, they also have to know every single word and all of the little bits in the song. So when everything stops, when it kicks up, when it goes down, so then you end up dancing the same with each other. That's the best thing. And I've danced with friends before to Peace Frog by the Doors because there's so many starting and stopping and changing parts. And it's always fun when you do it at the same time and when you know the words. And then you can go, oh, yes, I love it. Peace Frog by the Doors. I, I, yeah, just because that was my last memory of a really good fucking bop. Can you talk about the term bisexual? Does it imply gender binary? I don't think it does. I don't think it does. I say bisexual because I am attracted to genders. Like I'm attracted to different genders for different reasons. I'm definitely not attracted to just cisgender men and cisgender women. But I like gender. I find gender hot. So I like different genders for completely different reasons. From my understanding of it is the binary is same and other genders. So I like my gender and I like other genders. That was my understanding of the bi in bisexual. Okay, on to the next question. How do I get my partner to be as spontaneous as I am with money and generally? Uh, Well, my first question would be, does your partner have the same access to money as you? And even if they do, sometimes people have a completely different mindset when it comes to money. Perhaps this is a really good balance for you both. Perhaps they help you save more. Perhaps that's what your partner's really good at, is saving and you're good at spending and the two of you work like yin and fucking yang. And it's a gorgeous combo. But if you're asking me how to get them to loosen up generally, just have a little fun with it. And just don't push them to do anything that makes them really uncomfortable. Okay, on to the next question. Tips for getting confidence back after a break from dating and gaining some weight. Oh, gaining confidence after taking a break. First of all, I wouldn't I wouldn't know where to pull confidence from. In my opinion, confidence is just doing the fucking thing and pulling it out the bag. Like that's how I've done everything in my life. I've pushed myself to do it, you know, I've never been ready. I've never been ready. I was never ready to write a book. I was never ready to start a podcast. I just did it and pushed myself. Often before I launch things, I'm noticing a pattern now as I'm about to launch something else that I've been working on. is that I tell my whole team, no, it's not ready. It's not perfect. It's not ready. It's not fully cooked. It's not this. It's not that. And that's my attempt to sabotage something before it launches because I'm a massive fucking perfectionist and I feel like the same could be applied to dating. You just need to fucking go for it. The first one could be a complete flop, but at least you quote unquote got back out there, you know? You're you're going to evolve and change over time. You're going to evolve and change over time and it applies to anything and you can just kind of like, once you get stuck in, that's when you can do the real improving. But you're not going to improve or gain any confidence from remaining on the sidelines. You just need to muck in and get stuck in. But also just don't push yourself to do it if you're not ready. You just might not be ready for dating. And that's totally fine also. Okay, on to the next question. Fuck, marry, kill, but with types of cheese. Okay, I would fuck camembert with a sprig of rosemary and a drizzle of honey shoved in the oven with some sourdough bread to scoop into it. I would absolutely, yes, fuck. And I would marry borsan. I think it's like right, borsin, borsan cheese on some crackers at christmas with a little bit of oh but what about mature cheddar cheese extra 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 mature cheddar cheese okay so i'd also fuck those and i would kill oh what's an awful cheese i don't know like a really smelly one really smelly cheese or something i cannot do i maybe I, wow am i a cheese person i might like all cheese no idea no idea is all this question Thanks for that gorgeous question. Never been asked that in my fucking life. Next question. I was recently diagnosed with vaginismus, but still enjoy foreplay and flirting. Do you have any advice? I've never had vaginismus, but I have dated someone who had vaginismus. And you just do everything apart from penetration. Foreplay is fun. You've said foreplay, so I'm assuming that you date men because... I can still have queer sex with someone who has vaginismus because a lot of the stuff that queer sex involves is without penetration. So, uh, if you're dating a man and you have vaginismus, this is a really good exercise also in seeing if he's worth it. Like, is he okay with with going down on you and pleasuring you without um, penetrating you? I think this is a really nice time for you to kind of test that out. I think it's a probably a really good test of character, actually. You love foreplay? Good for fucking you. Just engage with a lot of foreplay and flirting. Gorgeous. Next question. How to respond to people who say women are equal to men in the UK without losing it? Yeah, see, this, this, this argument's going to come up all the time. And it was a bit like the pretty privilege argument I spoke about in a couple episodes before, where... People can look at two that you could look at, look, this man and this woman are being paid exactly the same amount, but how they be? How are they being treated? Can this man, can this woman leave her house at midnight without worrying about being th- thrown into a bush by a rapist? No. The amount of times, it sounds so basic, doesn't it, to even drill it down to that, but it's the most basic argument that I used to bring up to my parents. Is like, but can men leave the house whenever they want to? There are so many things that like, Men get to do that. They just don't even realize we're constantly hypervigilant. Even if a woman is being being paid the same as a man in her job, they are not in the same position. The woman's way more likely to not be taken seriously, way more likely to have to prove herself in all arenas and all fields. I think the only industry is, um, is it modeling? Is the only industry where women get paid more than men? That might not be. It's definitely an industry where women get paid more than men. I do think it might be the only one. And isn't it ironic that it's one all about beauty and looking perfect. So I don't know how much of a win that is, but anyway, it's annoying. Bring it down to the basics when people try to trump your arguments with this stuff. Just remind them that there are so many things women can't do. Just even the cost of being a woman, even all the beauty procedures that we're fucking encouraged to do every single day, the time it takes to get ready in the morning when men can just throw an outfit on, the same one they fucking wore yesterday, and go to the office and be treated exactly the same and receive higher pay. It's just not the same. Okay, on to the next question. How much of what happens when you're both drunk is real? Oh god that's such a vague question I don't know you could be two people completely in love with each other and not telling each other and then make out when you're drunk and then the next day it's all embarrassing and that could be very real couldn't it but then also two people making out when they get drunk could be two people who are just so horny that they lowered their standards for each other and don't actually like each other I need a lot of context to answer this one okay on to the next question I'm bisexual but haven't been with a woman and feel like a fraud this is such a common problem. You're not alone. That's what I want to tell you, first of all. You're not alone with this. Um, so many women I know and women online have felt like this. You're obviously not a fraud. You just haven't had the experience yet. You're not a fraud. You literally just not have had the fucking opportunity, the experience, uh, the courage to follow through with something because you weren't ready yet. Like, there's just, you're not a fraud, period. That's that. Next question literally just your favorite food. Okay, probably something super indulgent like pizza. Just pizza because every single fucking bite is incredible. Pepperoni pizza, like a trashy pizza. Just something that's really indulgent. Or a Sunday roast. A Sunday roast. My dad used to make this gorgeous stuffing with bits of chorizo in it. That's probably also one of my favorite things in the whole fucking world. Okay, next question. How to forgive a partner who cheated? I personally couldn't forgive it. But you might want to listen to Esther Perel, who talks about this all the fucking time. Esther Perel. Listen to her podcast on Spotify. She says so many amazing, insightful things about it. So definitely go check her out, because I don't think I could forgive that. Okay, next question. Keep or dump a mentally ill girlfriend? I'm very drained. I can't tell you to keep or dump your mentally ill girlfriend. It sounds like you've ended this with I'm very drained. It sounds I'm going to assume that you've tried everything you can to help her and it's exhausting because a- anyone who has a mental illness, you can't help them. You can just support them. They need to help themselves, but you can offer the tools for them. And then often it's it's even more complicated and hard because what you suggest to them for help is what you would want for help and not what they would want for help. I just hope that this, you know, your girlfriend isn't abusing you or hurting you. I've been in situations before where people have used mental illness to just abuse and control and hurt me I think those are two very different situations when someone you love is going through a hard time and you need to be there to support them you need to help them book their appointments and stuff and then there's people using it to really hurt you in which case you do not need to stick around but I don't know your situation I wish you the absolute best and you're probably better off talking to a friend that you trust who's removed from the situation who knows you both Okay, on to the next question. Do you plan to write more fiction? Yes, 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 yes. yes yep, 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 yep. Yes. Next question. What's the most beautiful compliment you've ever received? I think someone once called me if a comet was a human. If a comet, it was either like if a comet was a human, or Florence Given is a comet in a human. I don't know I can't remember I just remember the word comet being used and I loved it I particularly enjoy compliments that are about things I can control so my appearance when it comes to clothes and styling I fucking love that I've also been compared to sunshine a few times because I'm very loud and joyful and that always makes me feel fucking incredible because I love the sun So those kind of compliments make me feel happy. Okay, on to the next question. Do you think the world will be a better place without Instagram? no but I do think with it does come negative effects I think we'd all be a lot more present right but then also so much shit I would I wouldn't have a fucking massive 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 platform without Instagram and I've been able to spread messages that I think are important and give people the tools to help them Um, and I'm just one person I think Instagram can be used as an incredible tool for change and it's just, just depends on how you engage with it that matters I think yeah although we are now all documenting our lives at a ridiculous rate when we're all comparing our lives to each other, there's also that. There's no black or white answer to that question, I don't think. Okay, on to the next question. How do I not resent my brother for having it so easy as a man? I went through the resentment phase with my brother. I think it's annoying when they can't fucking see it, isn't it? It's annoying when there's no acknowledgement. And a lot of the times that's all you want. You just want someone to just like... It's like a breath of fresh air when someone goes... When someone's moaning about their life and they go... I don't know. Actually, I don't know. I don't know what would make me feel better about it when I'm in that stage of, like, being so resentful. I think when someone just acknowledges how you're struggling. But also, it's not a struggle war, you know? I think when it comes to the people you love, you have to honour their struggles. And it's hard when someone is struggling to tell them, oh, yeah, but you have it better, because instantly that person will likely become very defensive and like not really engage with what you're saying so how to handle the resentment that comes up maybe you just want to chat shit about male privilege to your friends maybe that's what you want to do just do that it might make you feel better Okay, on to the next question, how to stop myself from overthinking. I actually listened to a podcast about this the other day because guess what? I was overthinking. And it's not actually the overthinking that you want to stop. Because if you were thinking about beautiful things, if you were overthinking about how incredible the world is, you wouldn't want to stop that. What you want to stop is the negative thoughts. So you don't actually want to stop overthinking. You want to stop the negative thoughts. And so with that comes reframing reframing what you're looking at sometimes people like to count down from five to one so like five four three two one and then rewire that pattern some people will literally wear like elastic bands on their hands and then give them a little snap to start rewiring their brain try and listen to some podcasts on it also I also struggle with this so the overthinking negative thoughts so maybe I'm not the best person (laughs) thank you so much for listening that's all for this week see you soon